Welcome to How to Live Podcast with Dr. Chip Dodd, a series to help us see who we are made to be so we can do what we are made to do. Hello, this is Dr. Chip Dodd. Welcome to the How to Live Podcast Uncut. I appreciate you joining today. Um, over the next several podcasts, I'm going to be predominantly reading from a book I wrote called Keeping Heart. Um, came out in, I can't remember, 2015 or so. Uh, and the reason I'm doing that is because we're living in a, a time not, not unique to the history of the world, but a time unique to us. And with a great deal of conflict, division, difficulties, and even uh, darkness and despair. And I have, for many years, sought to do whatever I can do to help us see who we're made to be so we can do what we're made to do, so that we who know these things can bring hope into places of despair, that we can bring light or enlightenment or awareness or solution into places of darkness, that we can bring creative solution and creativity in places of destruction so we can construct in the territory of destruction. And then I want us to be able to keep full-hearted participation in the most difficult times of life that I associate with death. Um, So I, I do this readings over the next few podcasts so that we can remember that and recall that that which binds us together is greater than that which can tear us apart. But we have to awaken to how we are made to do what we are made to do. So a lot of the um, podcasts over the next, like I say a few times, is about keeping heart. Because the heart of who we are and how we're created is that which can actually bind us together if we're known from the inside out. And so this, these sections of the podcast are called Keeping Heart, returning to how we're created, what the heart is, what the truth is, what we're made to do, what children are like, what, uh, what, uh, what the results of those things are, what our needs are. So with that said, let let me begin with how we are created. We are created to live fully as emotional and spiritual creatures. We can only be fully alive in emotional and spiritual relationship with ourselves, our heads with our hearts, others, one heart with another heart, and God, which means our hearts attached with God. We are born crying out for life, And our cries are still in the arms of a mother and or a father. We are born reaching out for connection, a need that is met when a newborn connects to the skin of a caregiver. We are born taking life in, reaching for nourishment that will fill and comfort. When the cry out, reach out, and the taking in are met in relationship with the mother, father, and other caregivers, a baby's physiology and heart become regulated through relational connections. This feeds an infant's body and also meets the heart's craving for belonging and mattering. Belonging and mattering allow the child to remain open in heart 
and action as they cry out, reach out, and take in the food of life and relationship in increasingly more complex and exploratory ways. As the child develops, the infant's cry out becomes an expression of grief at life's inevitable pains and frustrations. The reach out becomes the willingness to take the risk to explore what life has to offer. The taking in becomes a willingness to experience life on life's terms as we begin to know that life offers the nourishment that we seek. If a child is nurtured to operate from the context of relational belonging and mattering, they will trust their inborn ability to feel their feelings about life, tell the truth about their inner experiences, and give themselves to relationships that value the expressions of the heart. From that context, as we recognize that we are, we are born a certain way and created to develop towards a certain destination, the words of Jesus, when he says that you do not receive because you do not ask, referring to us to the need to ask, to seek, to find, is co-aligned with cry out, reach out, take in. We are called as grown-ups to continue to find our way and our fulfillment, not through power over, but through emotional vulnerability that will build in us emotional resilience through connection to ourselves, others, and God. We're called to ask so that we will receive. We're called to seek so we will find. We're called to knock so the door will be open to us and we'll be invited in to take in that which strengthens us. These are matters of the heart. And as the heart, the heart itself is the center of one's being. Out of the heart, we feel, we need, we desire, we long, and we hope. It's the seat of imagination. The hope is comp- the heart is comprised of these five core areas, which allow us to grow and connect, imagine and grieve, attach and love. The heart is the origin of our identification with each other and the place from which we become unique. It is the home from which we care and we make ourselves known. The heart is the place from which we experience life and through which we direct our wills. It is the seat of our emotional constitution and the home of the universal language that all humans are created to speak. The heart is the birthplace and homestead of courage. The heart is also the place of God's greatest concern for us. For if we do not live out of our hearts, and if God does not live within our hearts, we are adrift. We live detached from how we are created, who we are created to become, whose we are created to be, and what we are created to do. And the heart's substance consist, as I said just a moment ago, the heart substance consists of five roots or primary characteristics that grow into a powerful fruit-bearing tree when planted in the soil of relationship. Again, the roots are our feelings, needs, longings, desire, and hope. Those are the things we most struggle most struggle with. Those are the things we tend to most reject. Those are the things we tend to think we need to grow out of. And what I'm saying is when we run from, reject, 
or try to grow out of, we're actually leaving behind who we're created to be. And it speaks as a testimony to how we have been harmed by not being able to belong and matter as we are created. If the roots are given the food of emotional and spiritual nourishment, the heart hydrates and oxygenates who a person's created to become. The roots that are nourished become the fruits of abundance. These fruits express the generative, creative freedom of being fully alive. These fruits are not about production as much as expression of one's identity, interest, and creativity. So when we end up giving up the processes of how we're created and the substance of how we're created, we end up moving away from the truth about who we are and rejecting um, feelings and putting figuring in the place of what what our brains are made to attend to. Dr. Thomas Lewis, in a book called A General Theory of Love, said that one of the main purposes of the cerebral cortex or the frontal lobe of the brain is to become capable of articulating what he called the stutterings and stammerings of the inner region or the dark region. And uh, simply put, we're created to be able to use our brains, thought processes to express our hearts. With that said, what's the truth about us? The truth is this, a Latin expression, sentio ergo sum, is the inborn truth of human beings. What that translates into is I feel or experience the center of my being, therefore I am. That is a certainty about the experience of my life and a testimony of how I'm created. And because I live with other humans, it's the same truth about them too. That truth does not change with age or the development of rational abilities and power. Rene Descartes, years and years ago, 1500s, in his attempt to discover how we know what we know, came up with an expression called cogito ergo sum, which I think, therefore I am, running in many ways counter to one of the more ancient statements, as a person thinks in their hearts, so is the person. So what I'm saying is that cogito ergo sum is not the truth about us, though it can be used to speak the truth of us. I think, therefore, I am is not the truth. Sentio ergo sum, I feel, therefore, I am, is the truth. If we use I think, therefore, I am as the starting point to define who we are, we are in error. Being creatures made with the faculty of reason does not mean that reason is the master of the non-rational emotional world within us. On the contrary, our thoughts are made to be tools we use to express the inborn primacy of the heart. The thinking brain's task is twofold. One, to articulate our emotional and spiritual experiences, and two, to figure out the myriad tasks of daily life, from stopping at red lights to neurosurgery. We are created to use our thoughts to express the heart and its makeup, not to use our thoughts to conquer the heart. The truth of how we are created as emotional and spiritual creatures is not simply a nuisance of feelings, needs, longings, desire, and hope 
rattling around as a holdover from more primitive times. We do not merely need to tolerate or attempt to master these characteristics of the heart. We are created to live with our hearts, heads, and hands integrated in the service of ourselves, others, and God. We hope that you are benefiting from this podcast. If you are interested in more material from Dr. Dodd, please go to chipdodd.com or Sage Hill Podcasts. Thank you for listening. We now return to the rest of the podcast. In reference to God and the heart and the importance of the heart, God values the heart and, quote, keeping heart, unquote, greatly. The heart is referred to almost a thousand times in the Bible. The heart is referred to more than the word spirit, little s spirit, more than soul, and and more than mind. In fact, the word mind only gets about 125 references in uh, this ancient text. The word spirit and the word soul each get about 750 references. The word heart gets a thousand plus. Moreover, the countless uses of the hearts of synonyms for the heart in the Bible, like courage, stand firm, confidence, and willingness, all matters of the heart, further speak to the value of the heart to God and therefore to our own lives. Being able to trust, have faith, stand firm, have courage, to love, or quote, keep heart, unquote, in the midst of a life that is often filled with sadness and tragedy is something we must seek to know and treasure. God calls us into such a real and truthful life. In fact, the word courage translates easily into full-hearted participation, the development of allowing ourselves to have emotional vulnerability, which allows us to develop through connection, emotional resilience. Without our hearts being alive to God's presence and faithfulness, we cannot live fully. We will merely exist and survive disconnected and adrift, which runs counter to what we are created to imagine and how we are created to live. The capacity to imagine flows through the heart. Imagine. Imago Dei, image bearing, image awareness. We carry within us the Imago Dei, the image bearing of God, and thus we are the image bearers of God. We are created in God's image, and we come to know our creation, the roots of who we are in the Imago Dei. We are not God, but we are creatures created to bear the image of God. As such, we are relational and created to connect. We are also created to create and created to participate in whatever is noble, true, right, pure, lovely, admirable, excellent, or praiseworthy. We express our image bearing when we are participating in the good in all of its rich and multiple expressions which leads us to being fully human since we're not God and image bearers of creation, what does it mean to be fully human? When we are born, 
We cry out for care, as mentioned earlier. We reach out for attachment. And we suck in the food of life with freedom of heart, without toxic shame. We do so in healthy shame. And the feeling awareness of our neediness that is doing exactly what we're made to do so we can have exactly what we're made to have so we can grow into exactly who we're made to be. These movements occur without any contempt for the absolute neediness that they express. We are created or, quote, pre-designed, unquote, to seek and find fulfillment in relationship. Our essential created nature is relational. Our early movements toward caregivers as infants is perhaps the original example of how we are created to connect, join, and attach relationally as emotional and spiritual creatures. We are born powerless over this truth about us. For human beings, fulfillment comes from reaching for and and being in relationship with ourselves, others, and God. Children themselves are born with the incipient, joyous expression of what become grown-up versions of courage, faith, and work. These words, courage, faith, and work, are often considered to be not of the child's world. They are considered to be only a part of the adult world of character development, religion, and maturity. However, I want to offer a consideration as we come to a close. I want to offer a consideration of these terms, courage, faith, and work, in relation to the heart of human beings, the rudiments of what will become mature courage, faith, and work in a healthy grown-up. Nevertheless, the essentials of these things are inborn. Children bring full-hearted participation to life from the womb, which is called courage. Children are sure of what they hope for, and they are certain of what they do not yet see or have experienced, called faith. And they give their hands, their head, and their heart to pursuing life in its fulfillment, which is work, the full meaning of work, not labor, but the joyous expression of creation. So courage, faith, and work in their incipient forms are born into us, given to us as a gift from God, made to be grown into their fuller elements. Through the growth of the heart, the child's courage becomes the grown-up's ability to remain firm in the face of tenuous or frightening situations. Emotional and spiritual experiences of the heart convert childlike certainty of what is unseen into a persistent faith in the face of evidence that suggests its foolishness. The childhood capacity for work is made to become more than the adult's curse of labor because work can involve the imagination and care of expending great energy on doing what matters to us. These three characteristics develop fully when fed through relationship with others and God. If nurtured, They will become expressions of living fully, loving deeply, and leading well, a life worth other people's treasuring. Now, as we do close, I want to speak to uh, the power and importance of affirmation and confirmation in the child's life and continuing on in our grown-up version of its need. We are born to grow into 
who we are created to become. We do so through having our hearts affirmed and confirmed by caregivers. Affirmation says yes to who we are as emotional and spiritual creatures. Confirmation multiplies the yes of affirmation by continuously repeating it because the world calls us to forget it. In a world that generally does not support the vulnerability of desire and the courage to express it, we are in desperate need to be affirmed and confirmed in heart. Affirmation and confirmation from caregivers feeds the two primary needs in the child to belong and to matter. When we are fed well, we have a great opportunity to grow fully into who we are created to become. Thank you for listening today. I will come back in the next podcast and continue on with these rudiments of what it means to keep heart in a world that will tear us apart. We together are more than we can ever be apart, and I want us to continue to speak to that which can bind us together. So keep heart. Look forward to speaking with you next time. And thank you for listening.